You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. This is your host, Kurt Sumner. Thank you for joining us again today. We always hope that our listeners are eager to hear what we have to say. And if you have read in our newsletter what our topic is today and who our guest is, then I'm sure you're sitting there uh, anxiously awaiting because this is a topic that comes up in conversation even if only in the use of an acronym that perhaps some of the people in the conversation may not totally understand what it is. And my guest today is Tim Birch. Welcome, Tim. Good morning. For those who don't know, Tim is also the secretary of NSPS on our NSPS board. And I asked him to join me today because of a discussion about UAV and UAS, surveyors using it. It's it's a topic everywhere we go, Tim. I don't don't ever have a conversation with surveyors anywhere that it isn't a topic. And um, I don't know, maybe, maybe you have some thoughts on how this particular uh, event, if that's the right word, or technology, um, may or may not be similar to the other ones. We've come along to the theodolite and then the distance meter and then whatever's come along in, in aerial photography and all those kind of things. And GPS then came along. And, and uh, so every one of those has had an impact. None have had a I guess maybe a major transition in our overall uh, approach to what we do other than in terms of how we gather things and how we process data. Um, So I... Oh, hang on a second. Never mind. My my, uh, alarm clock is also a telephone, and I forgot to turn (laughs) it down. Sorry about that. Uh, But nonetheless, I'm just curious about your thoughts on that because it it is another one of those new things. And who knows, every time one of these things happens, I guess the thing that makes me think about is people say, man, this is it. This is the ultimate. This is the thing that's going to be the most lasting impact on us ever. And then it isn't. Right. Not that it doesn't have major influence and, and ramifications, but then something else comes along. So I don't know. I was just interested in your thought about whole, that whole progression of things. Well, I'm. I'm well, what, thanks. Thanks again for having me on. Um, but it, it is. It is a it's such an interesting topic. No matter where we go, whether it's NSPS through uh, any of the state societies, what have you, everyone is talking. All of our clients. Everybody talks about UAVs and, and where they're going. Um, I guess I'm old enough that, uh, and, and being a second-generation surveyor, um, the way I learned was through the manual use of uh, transit and chain and, and various things. Yes, we did have an EDM back in the the, uh, the early 80s, and uh, they were started with total stations and, and various things. So it was, you know, having started there and, and kind of progressed through, um, Yes, I'm. I'm all about technology. I, I, I love the technology. Um, I mean, even as something as simple as as how the calculators got more and more uh, uh, technologically advanced with uh, functioning and, and programming. Um, as we watch at, uh, technology roll on with total stations, then with robotic instruments, and then GPS, 
I myself thought GPS and then with uh, with the real time kinetic the RTK. I thought that was the that was the pinnacle. I really did. I thought that was the, that was the absolute perfect uh, uh, piece of equipment. Doesn't do everything, but is a perfect piece of equipment. And then we've even progressed further with GPS, with uh, the, the virtual reference systems and the uh, the real time network. I thought we can't get any better than this. Um, but then there was the miniaturization of GPS uh, into our phones, into our cars, into our what was the handheld, the old the the Magellans and the Tom Toms and things like that. Well, that was neat and all, but it still didn't have the accuracy that the surveyor was really. Uh, Wanting to utilize it for for our everyday uh, everyday use, so the 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 higher end uh, GPS uh, that the, the surveying companies were putting out. I mean that that was uh, that was where it, to me it was it was the pinnacle. Um, but I, that's also going to draw to what what I I feel is is the change here was the cost of of uh, introduction into this technology. Uh, as, as you remember, Kurt, I mean, the, the total stations and even into things, I mean, we were talking fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 for, for a, a, an instrument. Then we got into GPS, whether it was static or on the RTK and such. It was still twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 and more, that cost of entry into that technology. What has just, I think that's, to me, that's what has taken, taken this piece of technology with the UAVs by storm has been the cost of entry, and then the uh, you couple that with the way where the software has gone and what the software has now allowed this data collection and things to do, and the the cost of the software versus what it was years ago. Um, I think that's that's to me is is what has really made this such a game changer for so many people, good and bad, that uh, has been the cost of entry. That everybody, no matter what uh, level of serving company firm you think you have, uh, department, what have you, uh, what used to be a, a, a significant five to six figure uh, uh, investment, uh, you know, and that's not even talking about uh, laser scanners and LIDAR and those, those higher end things, um, that, cost, that cost of uh, bringing that technology into, into your office has been such, so much more bearable than it was in the past. I think, to me, that was the one thing. But I think you couple that with the, where we've gone as a society, with our handheld phones, with our tablets, with our computers. Uh, it, almost everybody has Google Earth on their on their computers, and to be able to see things from above, uh, it's one thing to see it on your computer. It's now another thing to have this reasonably inexpensive technology that you can go out and couple that with uh, uh, what you see on your computer. And put this all together for the surveying, and uh, so to me, I think that was the kind of the perfect storm in a good way that uh, has la- led to this absolute boom in UAV use. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. By the way, you just said something at the beginning of your of your uh, explanation there that I didn't know until just that moment, and that is that you are a second generation surveyor. I did not know that. Yes, uh, my father uh, father started surveying in uh, the, the late 60s uh, when he came back uh, from his uh, uh, tour of duty in Vietnam, and uh, actually was a drafter that got pulled into the into the uh, into the, surve- the the surveying world as part of an engineering and surveying firm. And uh, uh, I had an opportunity to join him on a survey crew uh, uh, early in high school, and you know I just I never looked back. It was something that uh, I enjoyed from the get go. Um, 
once I got through high school, I, I had full intentions of going to college. Actually, was uh, signed up at uh, a local state college to to study architecture, and I cause I really thought I wanted to wanted to be an architect. But I was enjoying surveying so much that, uh, and it was it was a, it was a it was a to me it was a, it was a good time to come into it with with the with the technology with the computers were starting to get more prevalent with the total stations and distance meters and and uh, we GPS would you know did we, there was the talk of that um, that's what kept me uh, engaged besides just the whole uh, uh, I'll call it the art of surveying uh, with the history that uh, that's what kept me going so I I for I decided to forego my uh, uh, Shot at uh, architecture and uh, stayed in surveying, and I have never looked back, never regretted it. Well, that's something we kind of have in common. When I was in high school, I, architecture was where I was headed. Um, I remember my physics teacher coming by while I was drawing a house plan in lab one day, and the only thing he said to me was, don't put too many windows in there. It makes it too hard to heat. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but things happen and life changed. So my, I actually started about the same time your your dad did, and I was thinking, oh, well. And then I thought, well, that makes sense because my son is Tim's age. So that, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> but that's that's interesting to know. I'm, I'm uh, uh, pleased to hear about that with your, with your dad. I was, I was reminded the other night, uh, late afternoon, we were at the house, and the doorbell rings, and this little kid who looked to be 10 or 12 years old probably – was standing on the on the porch and I opened the door and and he said something and I had a hard time understanding him and I said what and he said have you seen my drone <laughs> he had apparently been out flying in the neighborhood and it got away from him somehow and it wasn't in any of my trees so I don't know what happened to it but it was oh, it was yeah. just such an uh, an odd experience to to have someone come up and ask if, if you've seen my drone and of course I guess I may appreciate it even more because of the, the surveying element of, of the mm-hmm. usage but it, it, it just pointed out to me what you were just talking about where it it seems to have been um accepted maybe is the right word i don't know if that's the right word or not but are integrated into our whole society so fast so quickly that it's uh, astonishing really yes yes it is and it 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 it's a couple of different things i mean it it has been the the, the introduction of it, it for in my opinion, the, the quadcopter and even some of the fixed-wing uh, UAVs that are being used, um, because I'll be honest with you, there, there was a time long ago that um, I had a chance to try to fly a, a remote control helicopter, and it was so difficult to do to control, and that I had no desire to really ever try one of those again. And uh, I always had a, an admiration of the guys that uh, the hobbyists that did the remote control airplanes, but it took a lot of time, took a lot of money, took and, and it, it did take a lot of effort to do that. That not everybody had the time, the talent, and the patience to be able to do that. Now with the invent of the quadcopter and the comp- Computerization, how it controls uh, the flight of it, so so much easier than it did in the past. Uh, it makes it so much easier for for any user to be able to to uh, to take one over. And then you couple that with now with the uh, w- with the the video capability, the photo capability that's going on. These the miniaturization of everything. Um, I think it, like I said, it's it's been a, a kind of the perfect storm in a good way of uh, of a technology that has 
everybody in society is embracing in one way, shape, or form, um, wanting to see things from above. Not so much just from the, the voyeuristic uh, standpoint, but just wanting to see what's going on around them and uh, being able to do that much easier than uh, we were ever able to do uh, in the past. Yeah, that's very true, uh, and we're a minute or so away from our break, so we'll catch up on this when we come back. But that's one of the things I, I wanted you to talk about was there are this capability is available to everybody. So whether it's used for whatever purpose or if people are using it um, for the purposes that we surveyors do and somehow being a challenge to us because, like you said, everybody can can basically um, equip use the equipment i'd like to like to hear your your thoughts on that sure. because i know there's a lot of uh concern about it i i don't know that i hear a ton of discussion about that side of it although i do realize it's out there um and so but you're right about that spatial view that 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 adds a whole new element to it so let's go to break and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes and we'll pick up on that aspect of of this Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not... Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Tim, one of the things I love about doing this radio show is the fact that, that David is at the radio station because he, he's he been around our profession pretty much all of his life in, in various aspects of being involved with surveyors, and he has a really good grasp of a lot of the things we talk about. And, and he just mentioned to us uh, when we went on break, as we were talking about all the elements related to the, the use of UAVs, um, was in comparison to the old remote control planes where you had fuel issues. And that's an aspect of the whole thing I hadn't even thought about, to tell you the truth. Exactly, exactly. Because I know I've got friends that are are heavily into uh, 
remote control cars and off-roading uh, with the remote control stuff. And they've actually gotten away from uh, a lot of the, the, the fuel-based motors for those because the battery technology has gotten so much stronger uh, and, and in both amperage and uh, in capacity that uh, that they can actually race race longer and faster with uh, with battery based uh, motors than they than they do with uh, the old little nitromethane uh, and and uh, alcohol based uh, fuel motors on those cars and that's so that's exactly the same with the uh, with the remote control airplanes and such that uh, I can't imagine if if we were taking this technology now with these quadcopters and such and having to do it with uh, with fuel, with uh, with alcohol, with uh, with the, with the methanol and the, or the nitromethane, and having to try to put these things up in the air uh, that way, that was a that was a great point on on uh, on his part. That yet yeah, the battery technology has been as much of a revolution as anything. And I would assume for the kind of work we're talking about, the maneuverability of of the UAV over something like a, a remote control plane or something, I'm assuming that has to be a lot. Better, easier. Yes, and depending on really depending on the uh, the size of project that you're talking about, uh, there is definitely a place uh, for the fixed wing uh, remote control uh, vehicle uh, that 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 a lot, a lot of surveyors are using in bigger places. Uh, anytime you're into the hundreds of acres uh, and have the ability to, uh, especially with a, with a plane and the gliding, uh, being able to cover more ground than than what you're actually just trying to to fly. Yes, there's definitely a time and a place for that. Um, I'm based out of here, out of uh, in the suburbs of Chicago, and a lot of the sites that we fly as a company are smaller sites, and it's it's being able to to uh, reasonably access those those sites um, without having to to be like a normal plane and having to loop back and forth uh, with. Uh, with a fixed wing type situation versus the quadcopter, uh, being able to cover just that that footprint of, of your the, the property that your the project you're wanting to to uh, to fly in and and get the images on, um, they de- like I said, they definitely both have their uh, have their uh, place for uh, project and the and various sizes. But uh, uh, we're finding that the the, the, the quads and the, and the uh, being able to to uh, statically fly. I mean. A, 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 uh, a little easier than having to having to just uh, glide around a site uh, for for several hours. Now, are you? I think I understood um, when we talked earlier that in your company, you I don't know if you have these for every crew, but you have some number of them, right? Yes, we're up to uh, actually up to, to three UAVs that we use. Uh, they're just a, a, a quadcopter. Uh, Base technology that we use, um, and I, I've, I keep famously saying around the company that I, I truly foresee uh, in the next twelve to twenty-four months that with the with the um, the, the FAA certification that is going on now um, and the, the the cost of entry that each one of our field crews will have this technology in their vehicle, no different than the total station robot, the GPS, um, your uh, metal locator. I mean, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, just a, a standard piece of equipment in a in a, in a field uh, cruise operation in their quiver. Um, we're we're going through the process here of tra- uh, having our uh, party chiefs going through the the, the FAA certification, and uh, in their spare time, just trying to find time to to 
sit and study for that certification. I'm glad the FAA did, did, did made this change the almost this time last year to be able to do this without a true pilot's license, uh, just to be able to do a, a, a remote pilot certification. Um, but it's not it's, it's not a pushover. Um, but I, I truly feel like it's going to be sooner rather than later. Uh, a field crew will have uh, the, the party chief or one of the, 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 if you have more than one person in your party, is going to be remote uh, pilot certified, and that's going to be something that's going to be done. While somebody is shooting stuff uh, in a conventional fashion, you're going to have another crew member truly uh, uh, locating the stuff uh, uh, in addition to uh, what the other crew member is doing. And gathering a lot more data. And gathering a lot more data. Um, you know, and that's something that uh, and we can get into that uh, has really been the selling point for this type of technology and coupling it uh, spatially with the surveying and uh, our expertise. The old saying is a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh, for a lot of these surveys, it's worth a million words. And, uh, it, uh, and it goes from uh, title examiners to uh, lending institutions to the to the bankers to the even to the clients they're blown away at what uh, what type type of product this technology is putting out yeah from from the perspective of of reporting on or gathering information about what's on the ground or what status the job is in or all those kind of things I guess for uh, old people like me we would think of this equipment as like our flying plane table yes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and and I, you know, just, we're just a whole lot more precise and a, low, a whole lot more data. <laughs> exactly, and you know, and we go back far enough that uh, and we've you and I've worked with the the photogrammetry uh, firms that when you had a site that was was that big and you really you really needed uh, an aerial uh, aerial image and and topography, they you know rough uh, topography uh, uh, information to go along with it. We engaged with the companies that did that, but you were talking about realistically a, a, a million-dollar operation with, between the plane and the equipment that goes in it, and the stereoscopes and all of the equipment that it would take to to uh, accurately take these pictures and define all of this all of this data. Um, that was that was a huge undertaking for for a firm to be able to do that. Um, you know, now for every firm to be able to do this in house. For a fraction of the cost, uh, and and that much more uh, efficiently and uh, pr- and productive wise, time wise, um, is just well, I think it's just a testament to where technology has taken things. Are you, as the as the provider of surveying services, let's say on a construction site, are you using or able to use it to do periodic checks on? how things are going out there uh, in terms of the grading and things in the right place and all that kind of thing. And the second part of that question is, are the contractors doing that too, or are they relying on us to provide all that information? Uh, And I'm talking about routine reports of where things are. You know, the old way was you build something and you go ask build and hope you did it right. Um, Right. so, So I'm wondering, is there an application for that? Well, actually there is, and what we have been doing uh, in-house is providing uh, regular updates to some of our better clients have seen the, and they, 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 they've really bought into the value of, of doing this type of service on a regular basis that what we have been doing is we've been flying sites uh, 
started construction through through the process, fly the sites on a regular interval, and deliver that to them uh, an, an updated photo. Uh, and showing the the, uh, the progression of, con- of of construction completion, this is actually allowing the contractor uh, to to work with their client and work with the lender uh, for uh, for uh, releases of construction dollars uh, oh, yeah. on things and being able to show progress and 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 meet with their their construction schedule of of what is happening on the external of a project of uh, you know, whether uh, detention basins are going in, uh, status of parking lots and curbing and and uh, utilities and uh, how far along the building is is uh, being erected. Um, so yes, they've definitely seen a value in and for the time it takes us to to, to do this, which is you know less than half a half a day to go actually go out tie the control in with the aerial and fly it. And then produce that drawing uh, versus what we would have done conventionally previous. Um, yeah, it's it's a no-brainer in having these things done. So yes, we've had to had a good number of clients that have seen the value of of having us do this on a regular basis. The flip side of it is the uh, the, the other part of your question is yes, there are contractors that are doing this, um, good and bad. Um, and that's part of the education process to the, to our clients and to other contractors. If they're out there flying, if the contractors are out there flying it just for their own purposes and doing these uh, doing these uh, uh, progress checks, that's fine. Um, it's when they're starting to marry the actual engineering and surveying information to that drawing and representing where that building is in relationship to the property. And really, when it starts coming into the the, the true definition of surveying, that's where uh, the, the the serving profession should does and should have a, a an issue with the contractors that are doing that. They're representing themselves beyond their expertise. Um, to show a, 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 pro- a progress photo is one thing. To say that this building then, in, in turn, that they'll they'll put ties on to things to property lines and such. Yeah, we're seeing that as well, and uh, that's when we're having to have those hard conversations with the clients or the contractors and, and the, those clients and saying um, they're overstepping their bounds, and uh, this is this is uh, basically the act of surveying. We, let us help you rather than just uh, be uh, um, adversarial to them. At that point, we say, here, we can help you. We can oversee this part of the process, and let's let's see what we can do to to uh, to help help this situation. Um, so, unfortunately, yes, there there are opportunities out there that uh, people are taking it beyond their expertise, um, and that's one reason I was I was really uh, uh, very interested in talking with you today about you know what are the limits of what what uh, the everyday person can do. And why you need to engage the uh, the professional surveyor in, in some of those some of those things that that we are able to do through our expertise and our technology. It's interesting. Who was it? Who the famous actor who once said, "I love it when a plan comes together." That was I forget whose movie that was. But it, interestingly enough, uh, my my questioning has, in a circuitous way, led us back to where we were headed for this segment which Mm -hmm. we will now pick up in the next segment and that is exactly what you just mentioned the unqualified users how that plays out in the overall scheme of things and in in particular instances as well so that opens the door up for us and when we start back to uh, to 
start talking about that because it is a big issue and one that is obviously important to the surveying profession and hopefully demonstrates what the true value of our services are when when you see these kind of things happening and the results don't turn out to be very good um, and uh, hopefully not catastrophic but at least uh, not the right way so we'll come back in just a couple of minutes and pick up on that aspect of it cook immigration partners is your passport through the immigration maze whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new i-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for QuickStakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, Tim, as we were headed before I got us into a more circuitous route of getting to where we wanted to be, <laughs> we were going to have we were going to have a conversation about the the different the trouble is uh, in terms of the growth in the technology and such ease of availability, as you mentioned earlier, from a cost perspective, and even from a the right to use perspective in the permitting or whatever it is you need. Um, but then again, that places the the tools in certain situation in, in the hands of those who are, I don't want to say encroaching into surveying, but certainly providing information that typically a surveyor would be required to provide without actually understanding what the surveying element is. Exactly. Well, and this goes back, I mean, this this this, this, predate, this conversation predates GPS and, to- and uh, robotics and all of these things. I mean, this goes back into the days of uh, metal detectors and and somebody being able to do that. Um, we've had instances nationwide where uh, companies that install fences for uh, f- uh, for a living that uh, they will have a metal detector and there's then and then in, in, in turn they will advertise their services as property line locators in order to put up fences um, because they've got the technology to find uh, iron pins. Uh, well, that does not make them a surveyor, and that was you know that was a cost of entry uh, to me a cost of entry issue there as well for the. Five to five hundred to a thousand dollars, you could buy a sophisticated metal detector. You could find pins and say, "Yep, here's the property line. Here's where to put the fence." Uh, about that, that it gets turned around. I don't, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show. I might have, but it reminds me of when you said that. It reminds me of a call I got once where a lady wanted to sue her surveyor, and it was because the had a fence built and it was twelve feet on their neighbor's property, 
And, of course, I asked if they'd hired a surveyor. No, the, the fence builder put it. And I said, well, what did they use? And she said, we had this plat that had been done when we bought the house, and, and he just measured back off the house to where the property line was and built a fence there. But it's 12 feet off. And I said, well, I, that assumes, I guess, that you haven't built any additions on your house. Oh, yeah, we added a 12-foot addition on. But it was the <laughs> surveyor's fault. So. <laughs> Exactly. It's it's it. Uh, you know, and then it's, I guess that's a, that's a point I'd like to make. Uh, I'll make it early now, and I'll make it often. Um, it's it's not this discussion about being self-serving to the serving profession. This is an oath that I feel like I've taken. You you've you've taken uh, in becoming the surveyor in protecting the public and doing this job to the best of our ability, uh, so people aren't harmed and. Um, just because of a cost of entry, whether it be a metal detector, a total station, and now a UAV, um, that to me that doesn't give somebody the automatic uh, opportunity to provide a service that they are not trained in, that they're not licensed in, that they're not educated in, and so it's it's about making sure. I mean, if 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 I if I went on uh, social media and said that I have a a whole drawer full of scalpels. Uh, somebody could, you know, contact me about uh, performing surgery on you. Um, that's that's you're not that shouldn't happen, and it's not going to happen. Well, just because somebody now has a piece of technology that's used by surveyors, that doesn't make them the sur- make them a surveyor. Um, so it's that's part of what uh, you know. It, it, I think the, our profession continues not to, to to rally against the people that are doing it just to be self-serving. It's about giving that message out about you hire a professional that's educated, trained, and licensed to do that particular job, that uh, that thing you're needing to have done for a reason. You don't, you just don't want any Tom, Dick, or Harry off the street to, to do that for you. Um, so when it comes to something of this this nature, this critical, I think it uh, it, uh, it it behooves all society to make sure to, to hire the right professional to do it. Right. Maybe maybe that's a, a something we, as the surveying societies, national, state, whatever, should think about in terms of our conversations with the general public because you can't expect that they will know the difference. But so maybe maybe we should encourage them to ask the question: If there's a problem, are you going to take on the liability for that? Exactly. If you're replacing exactly. my surveyor because surveyors take on that liability. Exactly, and uh, you know I've read a couple of uh, great articles, and that's one thing I've seen the last several months um, of surveyors putting more and more things online about uh, about who you're hiring to do the different uh, aspects of of really what is, is our work. Um, there was a gentleman I just read this article over the, uh, this last week about. Um, uh, Gentleman by the name of Patrick Champion out of out of California says, "When you're looking for a company to provide UAV mapping for your project, you have a few options. One, you can hire an unlicensed hobbyist who has drone and processing software. Two, you can hire an FAA certified pilot with the same drone and software. Or three, hire the professional land surveyor with the same drone and software that is also FAA certified and with the expertise, knowledge, and registration to do that work. So, in the end, like you just said." Who you can have this work done, but when it's not right, when it doesn't, uh, when it does end up harming the public, who's going to back that work? 
and uh, that to me is, is is just as important as the technology itself is 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 what happens after the fact. So just in a way, just like any other warranty. Exactly, exactly. So I I don't know how much more you want to cover that. I know. Uh, you had mentioned in the things you sent to me, and most of our audience will already know this, but most of the most of the country people, um, if it's not totally required in their license, it's all it's suggested or shown as the primary way to get to licensure is through the degree. Yes, yes, that becomes and, even more important, I guess, when you're understanding, trying to, trying to understand all the electronics or whatever's going into the new equipment. Exactly, you know, and that's that's to me that's been the toughest thing uh, about this technology. I mean, as good as it is, and as much more as it's performing and, and providing us, um, because of the cost of entry and because of um, of how simplified between the 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 use of the of the technology, use of the the UAV, and now the use of the software that. Uh, it, it, a lot, a lot more people are able to purchase it and utilize it and perform services for it. Um, the key here is 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 knowing knowing what is what is this, the technology doing? Because um, what I'm what I'm seeing a, a lot of people doing, and I'm talking to you know going back to the construction uh, sites we were just talking about. Um, the the construction guys that are flying it now um, for their own use, but yet they're trying to tie things down. They don't understand about coordinate values and and ground truthing and how that all fits together. They don't realize that the the GPS that that uh, is based locally in in these UAVs, uh, it's not the same survey grade GPS that we are using uh, professionally in our everyday business and and tying down to. Uh, State plane coordinate systems and uh, and UTM coordinates and various things that uh, it it is the same technology that's in cars and in the handhelds and in your phone, um, but it's a different set of coordinates and uh, being able to uh, to recognize the differences and being able to tie these things together. Um, our good friend Dave Doyle, I I I, I always preach uh, what uh, uh, he's always spoken to, uh, for for many many years about knowing what coordinate values you're on, and that's what is the biggest difference between uh, an everyday hobbyist who thinks he knows where he's at in the world versus a surveyor versus someone that does this professionally, and especially when it comes to property lines. And property rights, uh, it, it is it is very important that uh, you're talking and working with with uh, the licensed professional that uh, that can that can speak with authority uh, to the subject. Very true, and and I know one of the elements in this is you you made mention of it a few moments ago that there are differing levels of of receivers and. People hear receiver, they think that's sitting on a tripod, but obviously there's a receiver in that drone too. Um, so that makes a difference, obviously. And when people just buy something and they don't know the difference, and I'm not necessarily talking about surveyors, maybe that's true for surveyors, but certainly the general public will try to use it for the wrong application. Absolutely. You know, and one thing I've, I've always, when, I, when people ask me about it uh, these days, that I'll, I'll ask them that, you know, you want. If you ever notice when you're when you're driving down the highway and and you, whether you've got uh, you've got navigation in your car or you're looking along uh, on your Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever on your phone, 
sometimes that uh, looks like the, the dot of your car is is off the road or whatever. I mean, th- that is the, the 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 lack of precision that that goes into uh, uh, in, into that mapping. That it's okay for uh, car navigation and for your for your phone, your handheld, whatever, to be five, ten. 20 meters off. Well, uh, when you're talking that type of uh, uh, discrepancies in surveying, obviously that's 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 uh, unacceptable in, in in the surveyor's mind. That we're down, we're down, we're we're splitting. We are splitting hairs in a lot of places. That people don't understand the differences in uh, in the receivers and and how uh, how precise those things get. And uh, I mean, that was just a, a, an article I, r- I wrote recently that, that touched on uh, precision and accuracy. You can be very, very, very precise, but if the accuracy of of uh, the mapping that you're showing, uh, you're not on the road, you're not on your property, you're not you know where you think you are. Um, there's something to be said about uh, the differing. Uh, Types of GPS that's out there, and people just think automatically, oh, it's all one and the same. Well, when it comes to surveying and uh, and and relating all of that back to properties and property rights, it's not the same, and that's one reason that uh, it's so important that uh, you do talk to the to the licensed professional that 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 knows what they're talking about. Yeah, that's so true, and and people get tired of me saying this all the time, but I'm always talking about uh, precision and accuracy and the use of 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 technology allows you to precisely put something in the wrong place, and and unfortunately that that is somewhat of an issue even within even within our profession, um, and and needs to be addressed I think as as well as whatever the topic we're talking about today. But certainly you make a lot of sense in terms of um, understanding what it is you actually have when you're when you're using this equipment. And as I mentioned before, you had talked about the the different grades in the in the stuff you sent me. So we're uh, 50 seconds, I guess, from our last break. So I don't know if you want to follow up in, in this short period of time. You can, and then when we come back, we'll talk more about the overall usage and maybe look a little bit into the future. Um, that's one thing we, we surveyors like to do. We all sit and dream about what's the next level of, of things that make our job easier coming along. <laughs> and uh, every time something like this happens, the first thought is, uh, as the the rednecks and the beer commercials say, it's, it ain't gonna get no better than this. Um, but it ever it always does. It always so, does. So I'd, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that, and mm-hmm. and just sort of looking ahead at what that progression might be going forward. Um, in in your mind, I guess everybody has their own thoughts about it. But so when when we get back here, I'd like to like to hear your thoughts on that. We'll be back in two minutes. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. 
Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not... Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back with our last segment for the day with Tim Birch talking about UAVs and implications thereof and applications thereof and warnings therefore, <laughs> all, all, the, all the above. Um, one of the things that you mentioned in, in the information you sent to me as relates to the usage of this or any other equipment really uh, are, are the parameters. And in this particular case, some of those parameters – result in, in no-fly zones. So yes. talk about how you how you grasp that, how you understand it, and how it's made known so that you stay out of them. Well, that's something that we've, uh, as a company, our, our small department here has really wanted to say cognizant of from the get-go. Um, I mean, before the... the the uh, the introduction of uh, the FAA Part 107 and the the remote pilot certification, um, we did have a, a, a pilot that that worked with us, um, and based here in the Chicago area, this uh, particular pilot uh, helped educate us on on uh, the the various flying zones and, and things. Now, as they came up uh, with these no-fly zones for more and more for the the UAV uh, usage. Um, we made sure, as as part of uh, the Part 107 and the, the remote pilot certification program, that we stayed on top of these things and 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 make sure that we know where we can be, where we can't be. Um, so part of what we were able to do, and it, this this goes for uh, most major airports uh, nationwide, is there are there's there's no fly zones, and then there are restricted flight zones. Um, I mean, I look out my window, and I am about oh probably two miles from O'Hare, um, we actually have waivers that we've uh, applied for that are allowed in a lot of these airports that you can fly around some of these airports, but only to a specific ceiling. So, um, for instance, we can fly several places that aren't directly in line with some of the uh, the uh, uh, runways here at, at O'Hare, uh, but we can't go over 100 feet off the ground, which uh is perfectly fine for some of the sites that we're needing to shoot. We've got a lot of clients that are that are close logistic for logistics purposes, um, 
but it's making sure that as a responsible pilot uh, that you stay up on where these zones are at. There's plenty of information on the FAA websites and, uh, and, and a few other places where make sure you know where you can fly because uh, it, it is important, uh, not so much just, just even getting in trouble, but for safety, that uh, we make sure that we, you know, that's the last thing we want to do is, is as uh, UAV users, uh, help with that, you know, getting that uh, bad reputation out there of being, being rogue and flying places where you shouldn't be and, and various places. It's about safety. I would, I would just, it would, it would haunt me to no end to know that I had anything to do with uh, uh, any kind of collision with, with an aircraft that uh, would, would uh, end up in any kind of loss of any kind. So it's important that as, as a responsible user, know where you can and can't fly. Make sure and, and research that out. So do those zones have horizontal and vertical components to them? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They are, they are mapped um, in, in three dimensions that uh, we know exactly where, um, where we can fly, for one, and to what uh, maximum ceiling height uh, is at another. Like I said, there's, there's several zones closest to the airport that are 100 feet um, above, above ground, and then, then the, the next level out is the 200 feet. And then beyond that's just your normal uh, FAA 400 feet. Um, but no, there are specific mapped regions where those where those are at. So in my vehicle, if I'm driving down the highway, and I know the speed limit is 70, my speedometer tells me if I'm 70 or if I'm 80 or if I'm 40 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming on your UAV, you have some mechanism that is a, for lack of a better term, a, a warning that you're going to be flying at the wrong altitude or at the long at the wrong horizontal position. Yes, depending yeah, depending on the uh the, the sophistication of the of the UAV that you're flying, the system you're flying, um yes, those parameters can be plugged in to that to your your uh your control system uh that basically what they call geofencing that will basically won't allow the, the UAV to, to exceed those those places. Um uh that that way that you know you'd like to think that the user is, is sophisticated enough to to be able to to recognize that on the, on your on their own watching it but there are there are ways to go ahead and plug that stuff into that to where it's automated to where it will not uh ex- exceed the, exceed the height or exceed uh, the boundaries of of those zones so it's it's like a an electronic fence of sorts, I guess. Yep, that, exactly. That when it gets close to the fence, then it's not going to go any further, even if, exactly. if you're trying to make it go there, it's not going to go. Exactly. That's very, very interesting aspect, and, and certainly a, a warranted one and a needed one. So exactly. just, just out of curiosity, you hear all of this stuff about people being upset when people are flying over their property. Like if you're at, let's say you're doing something in a subdivision, maybe you're going to map an existing street to mm-hmm. monitor the curb, whatever the case may be, and then 30 feet away from there or 50 feet away from there are the backs of people's houses. Do those same kind of parameters apply in those situations, or is that something that you can set if you want, or is that just uh, just control on your own to make sure you don't do that? Well, technically, by FAA regulations, you're not supposed to fly over people, um, and, and, and for the and 
for the most part, I mean, that's really what, uh, that's something we followed as a, as, a, as a corporate policy, not to do that. Now, the one caveat I will say is we, the place we will fly over people are our construction sites. Sure. Um, but every, there again, that's, that's, that's under the, the typical construction situation where everybody has, usually has hard hats on, there's things going on around you, everyone there is aware of what's going on um, on that construction site versus just going out and flying over a neighborhood. Um, I mean, that's something that's, that's obviously a, a little bit different step. Um, if we are going to be in an area of such as that, uh, neighborhood or such, um, well, in fact, um, just this recent, uh, over the past week, Chicago has been inundated with a bunch of rain. And uh, one of the municipalities we work with, they they asked us on uh, a weekend ago to come out and fly over this neighborhood that was just decimated with with uh, floodwaters. And so the the village uh, notified the neighbors that were that were still there uh, that, that we were going to be there. You know, and that's something that you know it, to be responsible to let somebody know because there obviously it's. It, once again, it's an extension. The technology is an extension of what a person does. There are privacy laws. There are voyeurism laws. Um, I mean, in this case, this was for uh, the village's use for uh, for, for safety, for uh, to, to to map conditions of what was going on with this flooding situation. Uh, but just because the technology is there doesn't give that. Uh, doesn't give that person the right to just fly wherever they want, however they want, you know, at the beach, at your son's uh, baseball game, what have you. It's, it's There's still rules to follow no matter what the technology is. So there are places when we will fly uh, over neighborhoods, whatever, for mapping purposes, that we will let people know that we're going to be directly over their houses um, if necessary. I mean, if, if nothing else, it just, it, it, uh, it just shows some common courtesy as well, besides the fact that, Technically, it is an FAA regulation, right? And is that is, you can do that through email, or do you have to have direct interaction? Or uh, we've had a little bit of both. Uh, we've we've had the, uh, the the villages actually go around, knock door to door with some things that we were going to go do. Um, typically, what we'll do is. Uh, uh, our society, Illinois Professional Land Surveyors, we actually have a placard that we have a door hanger placard that we would, would go. If you if you knock on somebody's door and you and they don't get anybody, you leave this door hanger that says, "I'm a professional surveyor. I'm in the area. I'm doing whatever." Uh, that way, that you know, even if there's nobody there, at some point in time, they are notified that we were encroaching into their airspace or onto the onto their property in, in one way, shape, or form. That reminds me of a, a project I was on years ago back in the 60s, which was long before anything we know about communication today. But I was actually working on a state highway crew um, surveying, and we had one of our crew members going along the street letting everybody know we were working there and, and what we were up to. And we were in a part of the world where some uh, people tend to do uh, alcoholic beverages, maybe a little <laughs> bit on the on the sly and so i he went up to this particular house and wasn't really thinking about what he was saying and the lady comes to the door and he says i'm with the state department and we have people out here on the ground and she took that to mean something totally different than he intended oh boy <laughs> so it, it, it's comical now it probably it wasn't very comical then. <laughs> well and then to me that's that's that is part of the difference with dealing with the professional land surveyor in that you are dealing with professionals, you are dealing with uh, people that are, are out there for uh, 
uh, for a purpose, for a reason, and uh, it, it to me it, it only goes to, to to that much further of what professionalism of the of of what we do and how we go about doing it. Uh, it 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 it, can, it only beholds us to a little higher standard. That uh, that's that's part of what what we do. We are professionals, right? So in two minutes, what do you think the future looks like? Uh, I'm excited for the future of all of this, to be honest with you. Uh, because of the the, the, the rapid uh, increase of technology of, of, of all of this, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see more and more things being attached to the UAV. Um, personally and professionally here for what we do, I'm looking forward to more and more uh, uh, the miniaturization of LIDAR and being able to fly. I mean, it's out there now, but a typical UAV that carries LIDAR right now is somewhere north of uh, $100,000. Uh, I'm hoping that that it's going to be a technology that we're, we're going to be able to use um, just that much that much uh, more affordable for everyone. Um, a lot of remote sensing. Just uh, It's just where the, the, uh, the technology is taking us and where uh, the, I foresee we're going to end up uh, getting so much data for things that we're, our final deliverable is going to be a 3D image. It's going to be, if you want to call it augmented reality or what have you, it's not going to be just a flat piece of paper. It's going to be something somebody's going to be able to put on goggles and be able to walk around and be part of, um, and the surveyors collecting that data is going to be a, a big part of it. Well, that that's actually a really exciting forecast looking ahead because it, once again, it just keeps going beyond the realm that we oftentimes can't even imagine. I mean, when would we? Uh, when did we start imagining this? Just recently, obviously. So. Exactly. But it, it and and I think that's just indicative of where things are going overall. And and then that always gets back into okay, where's our next generation coming from? How are we going to educate them? And what education are we going to give them? And it just it just brings all these other elements into the discussion about what we do as as a profession and what we you and I and other people do as as the professional society um, keep trying to keep on top of all these things and looking at the future as you've as you have forecasted so we're 15 seconds away so I just want to say thank you so much for being with me today it's been a great pleasure well, thank you for Thank you for the opportunity. And, uh, like I said, I, th- I think our future is bright, and uh, we just need to get more, more people into, interested in the surveying. Agreed. Take care. Thanks so much, Tim. Thank you. Bye-bye. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not... Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.